Beer. Beer. Bong. 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 Beer. Bong. 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 Hey, what is up, guys? We are on day nine, I believe. Yep. All right, of uh, December, Marvel, Marvel, December, whatever you want to call it. So last time we spoke of the Marvel Creative Committee and Thor to the Dark World, but right now we're going to get into the story a bit of who Ike Perlmutter is. Now, uh, this is this this goes into a little bit of a politicky thing, but that's because this dude is a hardcore conservative. Like he's very, very right wing to where he wanted in on Donald Trump's cabinet. And uh, this guy is just an asshole. So uh, here's like a concise thing of what I've found on Reddit with when it comes to Ike Perlmutter. It really started back in the 1990s when Perlmutter took over as CEO following Marvel filing for bankruptcy. He helped get the company afloat by selling the film rights to almost all their major characters. Problem is, when the X-Men, Raimi, Spider-Man movies became the blockbusters they did, Marvel Comics only saw a fraction of the profits of the movie. So on the suggestion of another individual, Marvel launched Marvel Studios to make movies using the characters they own the rights to and keep the entire profit. That eventually led to, well, this... While Feige is the face of Marvel and has been engineering the MCU from its inception, Perlmutter has more or less been pulling the strings. Purse strings, to be accurate. This man is known to be extremely frugal when it comes to everything. True story, but during the press tour for the first Avengers film, the people conducting interviews had to steal food from the five-year engagement press tour because Perlmutter only put out two bags of potato chips and a bottle of soda. Keep in mind, this process can take an entire day at times. And on top of that, Perlmutter is very racist and sexist. When they recast Don Sheedle's War Machine for Iron Man 2, he said nobody would notice because, quote, all black people look the same, end quote. Uh, this report came out in a lawsuit by four African-American women who were executives at Marvel. Four African-American women Perlmutter referred to as, quote, the help, end quote. And one of whom he told, quote, I have a bullet with your name on it, end quote. I forgot to mention Perlmutter reportedly often carried a loaded firearm while at work. More than that, Perlmutter is known to be extremely petty and nowhere are all of these evident in, in the production. Uh, I'm sorry. No, and nowhere are all these evident in the production of civil war and inhumans. Long story short, after the success of Avengers, Fox was willing to discuss a deal with Marvel to have the X-Men and Fantastic Four show up in the MCU. The problem is Perlmutter kept lowballing the financial return Fox would have gotten from the crossover. That, coupled with the issues with the Daredevil movie reboot Fox was planning before the rights reverted, basically led Fox saying, screw you, to Perlmutter. This led him to order the Fox characters removed from all promotional material. The cancellation of the long-running Fantastic Four comic, and Inhumans, then a Siva-level franchise in the MCU, to be pushed to the forefront. His endgame was to have Inhumans be launched as a franchise within Phase 3, an answer to Fox's X-Men series, and basically replace the mutants with Inhumans. This is why the Terrigen Mist release in the comics killed half of all mutants and made a majority of the remaining ones infertile. Uh, says, Faggy preferred to do Black Panther and Captain Marvel, movies Perlmutter refused to do because he thought movies about POC and women would never be able to be box office hits. 
and more importantly, in his view, sell toys. Perlmutter eventually agreed to greenlight them in exchange for Feige making Inhumans, but before all that came the issue with Civil War. When it was eventually decided to go ahead and make Captain America 3 an adaptation of the storyline, it meant Robert Downey Jr.'s pay would have been bumped up considerably to reflect him being second billing. Perlmutter basically ordered Iron Man written out of the movie, furious at the contract demands. Note the words written out. The movie still would have been Civil War, but instead Mark Ruffalo was to lead the pro-accord side. Feige basically had to threaten to quit Marvel before Perlmutter finally agreed to the contract for Robert Downey Jr., but by then the damage was done. Thus, in 2015, Marvel was restructured so Feige and Marvel Studios now answered solely to Alan Horn, the head of Walt Disney Studios. Perlmutter still contains control over the television side of things, and his idea of quantity saved over quality produced has shown in both Iron Fist and in humans. So pretty much he's racist, sexist, penny-pinching, and petty. Not to mention that he wanted he's one of Donald Trump's foremost supporters, and I believe wanted to get in on his cabinet somehow. Uh, Jesus, that man almost single-handedly destroyed the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, yeah. This dude sounds like a fucking supervillain. Oh, very much so. So, yeah, uh, so he said Terrence Howard would be easy to replace because all black people look the same, got sued by three black female, female employees using racist remarks, uh, told an openly gay exec that if, he, if his own children turned out to be gay, he'd kill them. Said, okay, so this is an, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up for this movie, and you'll understand. Said female characters don't sell, so he reduced the part of Maya Hansen in Iron Man 3, Rebecca Hall's character, significantly. She was originally meant to be the villain of Iron Man 3 instead of Killian Aldridge, Guy, uh, Guy Ritchie's uh, character, Guy Pierce's character, sorry. It, while that is a shame. Because, yeah, her character comes off really weird in the film. Oh, yeah, yeah. She pretty- has a one-night stand with Tony, and then all of a sudden, 20 years later, she's a terrorist. Yeah, she's supposed to be the overall main villain, and I can't That's find- still trash. I can't find it, but it was supposed to be how she takes over in the halfway point, and she would end up obviously killing Killian at the very end. Um, I'm trying to so pull a deathgasm pretty much yeah, dude's dick and then stab him in the back pretty much. Yeah. And I, it makes sense too within their own characters because Killian was such a pushover. It wouldn't, it, it would make sense as to why, even though he got like all this new shit, he would just get popped by some pretty girl who said yes to him, which yeah. I would have been all for. And like her having Maya be the villain would have been just, that would have been the best thing for this film. Uh, uh, I'll disagree with you there. The best thing for this film would be having a uh, more comic accurate Mandarin. I mean, he doesn't have to be, you know, fucking a Chinese stereotype like the original comics had him because, you know, we're better than that. But fuck, you've got Ben fucking Kingsley. And you're just going to make him a fucking drunk weirdo. I love that. I'm not going to lie. I love it. I hate it. I hate it. And I, uh, the re the, the entire reason I didn't even see Shang Chi is because I saw an article that mentions, Oh, the Mandarin's back. I'm like, Nope, I'm not going down that road again. You burned me once Marvel. They actually explain it really well in that movie. And what they're doing now, I watch it. So, Oh yeah, of course. But I want to say I prefer that how they go. They went down this route as opposed to the 
because here's the thing i can't find the damn article but anyways um it's the whole thing was yeah maya was supposed to be the main villain and then on top of that um trying to figure out where in the f- I can't god damn it I had this article and I can't find it but yeah Maya was supposed to be the main villain but they had him change it to Killian um there was also some things I believe that they could not change later after the after the process and I, I, I'm sorry I can't find the damn I'm looking for it I really am well I mean don't look at it too hard since we're on a time constraint um, shall we hop into the actual review of the movie now, though? Oh, yeah. I just want to say, though, don't worry, because with Ike Perlmutter, so what happened was he now controls the TV and uh, something. Uh, he controls the TV and the rest of Marvel, whereas Feige controls the films in the MCU. So and if you're wondering, maybe Ike Perlmutter was under a lot of stress, uh, published September 27th. He was uh, him and others were accused of breaking the law in a veterans affairs scheme under Trump. And if I recall, it was just that they were trying to monetize uh, veterans policies for their own benefit. Jesus. This man is literally uh, an Israeli. Yeah, he's, he's he's a piece of trash. So, yeah, this man is just a piece of shit. And I'm so glad he does not have control over the the MCU anymore. Um, but yeah, no, this, so fair to say that a lot of these first, the movies that we're reviewing the, it's insane that they are as, as, as good, good as, they, as are. they are. Yep. And I am very happy about that. Uh, so diving into Iron Man three, then the first thing I would like to say about this movie is it has kernels like this. Just like with certain ideas they have in this film, it has the potential to be the greatest MCU movie out of all of them. But it just gets so muddled. And from that article you were reading, Perlmutter or whatever his last name is, is a has a big part to play in that. Oh, yeah. But like I, I love that following the events in New York, especially considering, you know, other than you know, uh, of of the big four, we'll say, of the original Avengers being Thor, Hulk, Cap, and Tony. He's the only one of the big four that doesn't have any superpowers. So I love the concept of him having PTSD and, like, suffering from panic attacks and shit now because of everything that happened. And not to mention, I I love that idea, too, just because how yeah this guy who is all powerful and can do a lot of shit on earth now that he's in this bigger world he kind of sees how human he is and that's scary to him to to not be as good as he had hoped or to be not as powerful as he had hoped and having like all of this anxiety and panic attacks is perfect i also want to say too that this hands down is the fucking funniest marvel film out of everything we're going to review some of the lines in here are just so perfect and spot on and i love it for that because i i'm a big fan of shane black and i think that's why i love this movie so much he directed this one didn't he uh yeah he co-wrote and directed it that that explains the whole line dad's leave that doesn't mean you need to be a pussy about it (laughs) it's so perfect i love it 12 year old too yeah, and then just when like the kid helps him and he goes and he's like, 
about to leave. <laughs> He's just like, now get out the way. I'm going to run you over. And the, kid is, the kid's connected. Yeah. And then the kid is just trying to like play uh, <laughs> just like, can you please give me money? I'm cold. And he's like, get the hell out the way. <laughs> so fucking great. I, I love that. I love that they were able to be uh, so Tony Stark with everything in this movie, especially with his epiphanies. Like when he has that moment of having the panic attack and when he starts to overcome it. Tony Stark, of course, would not go through the... I hated this at first when I first saw it, was just how I felt like there would be some really big epiphany for Tony Stark and everything. But no, him having that moment of, like, oh, I'm freaking out. I'm, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm going bad. I got to pull over. And then they're just like, you told me you're a mechanic. Why don't you build something? And then he just starts to be like, oh, fuck, that is it. Like, that's literally all I got to do. And then he just like, all right, I'll see you later. And just turns off the, like, presses end on the phone call and just gets back to shit. Like, that's... It's so unrealistic, even for a movie, though. I agree, but it's perfect for Tony Stark's character because being so advanced at something to where he builds a suit that pretty much helps propel not only this whole universe, but kind of superheroes in general for this, like, universe inside everything. Like, I'm okay with Tony Stark's mind moving that quickly. Like, him having that small emotional... like, Like... is somebody you'd see on the autism spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Like he's neurodivergent style thinking. Yeah, because Tony Stark's thing is just not to turn it off or to make amends with everything. Tony Stark's thing is just to keep moving forward and to keep literally like a shack. Yeah, and it kind of represents his alcoholism and just that when you keep drinking, you don't like think back to how many drinks you've had. You just keep going for more and more until you're just done. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It perfectly sums up the Tony Stark character of how they handled all that stuff. And I I hated it at first, but thinking of how it's in line with the actual character and kind of how it completes, I feel like Tony's arc into everything in this first third of the series with anything Tony Stark, like I I love the hell out of it. Uh now getting into this is why I said like it had the potential but it, it missteps in a couple places. Like some of the writing feel in this movie feels really rushed and it does some things that I hate about Marvel movies, namely um, after the final battle, when Pepper's freaking out because of uh, being injected with exterminus. That's what it's called in this film, isn't it? Uh, yes, I believe so. Uh He's just like, ah, I almost figured it out when I was drunk 20 years ago. Well, you'll be fine. Like, it's like, okay, so we're just going to gloss over this because you only got three minutes left in your runtime. Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) But no, because he he literally had no recollection of solving how it even got in her in the first of like how he solved it however many years ago because he had a bad hangover and just wrote it after he fucked a girl. Right. But I just I don't again, I don't like them. glossing over shit like that i don't know it just it feels like oh we wrote ourselves into a corner so here you go i would not be okay with it if it wasn't iron man and tony stark because it's it's like with all the tony stark movies and everything i feel like when these are at their best is when they're very like adad and very hyper and just kind of keep going forward and just barreling through just everything because you're mostly there for Tony's wisecracks and that, and you're just trying to wonder how he's going to get himself out of shit. 
Whereas, you know, I if you preferred, had... sorry, didn't oh, no, go, go ahead, go good. I'm just saying I would have preferred it if they'd ended it on the note of, you know, I built a device to keep shrapnel from ending up in my heart and killing me. We will figure this out and end it on more of a, well, this is what Tony's working on until we see him in the next team up movie or whatever. He's trying to figure out a way to cure pepper before she dies. Like, I, I feel like that would have been a better way to write it. Perhaps, but at the same time, there's no other. I'm trying to think from here until and next. See, that, that's the thing, too, is if this had this is the end of the Tony Stark trilogy. Yeah. But if it had been the last Tony Stark movie, I would have been more accepting of the way they ended it instead so, of oh, well, we're going to see him again. And basically from there to what his next one is Civil War. Yeah, no, and Ultron. Ultron's so, first. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, Age of Ultron's first because without Age of Ultron, there is. No oh, Civil yeah, War. you're you're right, you're right. Yeah, I was like, hold on, hold on. I get so confused because I have everything written down. It's like, uh. but I I was okay with it because yeah, he would be working on all of that stuff. Like you know, he would be working on getting the shrapnel out of his heart and fixing Pepper from that time until uh Civil War. It's not necessarily that it happens all in one day. It's just that. It took him time, and that I mean, okay show it that. actually happening, and that's why I have a problem with it. Like, talk was, about it, yeah, and let us fill it fill it in with our imaginations the next time Tony pops up. Or see, that's why I'm saying it would have worked better if it was the end of its own trilogy, and like this is the last we're getting of Tony Stark, because then you show it wrapping up in a neat bow. Whereas when you show it at the end of this, and then he pops up in Age of Ultron, it's like, so what you been doing, Tony? Just fucking around while all the other things that happened in between this and age of Ultron perhaps, but then they just show him getting the shrapnel out of his heart as like a flashback scene in age of Ultron. You don't even need to show it. He could be like, he one line of dialogue. Like, yeah, I figured out how to get it out. Paid top surgeon in the country. Here I am. No, I, I just think that's too, eh. I'm, I'm okay with how they did it in here, to be honest. Well, we'll just have to agree to disagree on that then. I agree with you there. Um, overall, and then you you hate the Mandarin twist. I personally loved it because looking at the man, how the Mandarin looks, you just have to Google the Mandarin Marvel and oh boy. <laughs> we'll just say that there's a line of racism that I think even the KKK would have a hard time crossing and it feels like it with the Mandarin. I mean, yeah, it's bad, but it's no Batman in the 30s saying, I will shoot you, you yellow devils. While yeah, I, he's rocking to <laughs> fucking M1911s. Yeah, but this is like if they got Jackie Chan and put a pantyhose over his head. That's fair. I And like I was saying, there, you do not need to actually make the Mandarin a Chinese stereotype. You don't even have to actually make him Chinese. They just they turned him into a joke when the reality is he is basically from my limited knowledge of the comics. He's essentially the Lex Luthor to Tony Stark's Superman. Like that's his arch nemesis is the Mandarin. Yeah. And so to be like, yeah, this guy's a joke. It's really 
a dude he blew off 20 years ago and a chick he boned for one night. They're the real bad guys. It's it's disrespectful to the comics. Okay, but I also feel it's disrespectful if they bring the Mandarin in because it's it like I know that that's his his Joker pretty much his antithesis, but like holy fuck, it's hard to get around how much of a cultural stereotype that that is within everything without like not being offensive. So I'm okay with the route they went. And I also think that in a way it's, it's kind of better because they, they made a new character out of it later in Shang-Chi. Oh, we're not talking about Shang-Chi right now. I know but I'm I'm in this movie through the lens of the only appearance I've seen of the Mandarin is Iron Man three. And I don't like it. I personally love it because, uh, a I was from what I've like seen of the Mandarin. I'm just I'm not a big fan. I understand that it's his, it is his villain, but same time it's like this was the end of the trilogy. I'm okay with the way that they had it to where that was a ploy only so they could essentially uh, trick Tony into having him look elsewhere while everything's behind his back. I mean, that's fine. That's completely fine by me. That is, that is not only typical superhero stuff, but very like action adventure from like the eighties and nineties stuff. And that I, it just fit right at home with, for me. Well, it does. It's never sat well with me and there's nothing you can say. That'll change my mind about that. Also, I, I do find it a little weird that there are I've never heard that many people complain about the fact that, yeah, he may not be an Asian stereotype anymore, but the Mandarin that they portray is totally falls in line with the. Uh, Hollywood trend of everything for like 10 to 12 years after 9-11 is, oh, Middle Easterns are the bad guys. Mur-ha-ha. He's a Bin Laden. Mur-ha-ha. They've like done that. That, that, is, that is equally racist in its own fucking way. But they were just following what the first Iron Man did because he was kidnapped all the way down there. Like that was, if I recall, it was Afghanistan. So they were just continuing yeah, up. But, I mean, that, that, then that's a problem with Iron Man in general, because if you remember, and the reason why the Mandarin is his arch nemesis is when the Iron Man comics were first coming out, it was, I, bo- I want to say either Korea. Yeah, it was probably Korea, considering Iron Man's been around since like the 50s, where he gets fucking captured. Which, uh, I don't know if it was by the Ten Rings in the original Iron Man comics, but that feeds into, you know, the Mandarin being his arch nemesis because it was centered around, you know, we're at war with Korea right now, so they're the bad guys. Yeah, but, I mean, what, so what are you trying to say? I'm just saying that it's a bad look even in this updated version. They just traded, uh, you know, 50 stereotypes for equally offensive, you know, early 2000s stereotypes. Basically, okay. what I'm saying is the, the Mandarin was a bad job all around. Yeah, I mean, I, I can <laughs> see that. I mean, the 10, you know, the 10 rings they just made into some sort of ISIS clone, which, again, I personally was was all right with because that was just the, you know, which was the style at the time. But when it comes to uh, 
you know them ha- them essentially being that i thought it was perfect because when it works with the twist it's playing off of americans fears of that stereotype do you know what i mean uh, i'm not quite sure i'm following what you, what you're saying so because the 10 rings kind of existed um in the first movie in this one it was all just a joke because it was obviously just kind of like you know perpetrated by aim and all that it would be what would scare americans more than a terrorist attack and it seems like they just went off of the basic fears of what they thought americans would be scared of which would be terrorist at the time which would be afghanistan iraq iran um more of like the muslim faith even though none of them look like that at all they were just like white people and black people and everything um whereas um you know uh, the main guy that they had controlling all that was not um a asian mandarin but more a uh just a white english dude like that should have been the heads up call that the Mandarin does not exist at all. shouldn't exist at all to Tony. Like why would he be called the Mandarin? If it's just some fucking white English guy. I understand that that's nicknames, but like that should be a red flag off the bat. Especially when they're showing that in those terrorist videos, that is Ben fucking Kingsley. Yeah. Like you could think you'd be like, wait, why is this guy called the Mandarin? Even just <laughs> a single line of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. See, and it's, <laughs> It's just like, it's just trying to remember that they were, that because it's all a joke, the people perpetrating it were just obviously playing off the basic stereotypical fears as to why uh, any of those stereotypes would be coming in the first place, because those people didn't exist. Any, any sign of the Mandarin was, or anything of the Ten Rings was just, it felt, it felt to me like it was under aim and, you know, everybody surrounding it was like this multicultural thing, but there were since they were playing everything in the United States, it was just like, oh yeah, 9-11 is going to happen again, everybody. We're going to bomb your shit. Uh, uh, now, y- y- you talking about that reminded me, like, I just have so many questions as to why, like, okay, so apparently the vice president's in on this terrorist attack. That felt like that came out of fucking nowhere. I was okay with it because I thought about it and how if aim had the, obviously be, they show that his little girl is as like is missing a limb. So like he, he's hoping that they'll re- put the stuff in her to regenerate a limb. But at the same time, like he would be the next in line for the presidency. Like if you were the vice president and you see your little girl without a limb and these people are like, Hey, you just got like, you're probably going to get a call from, from Tony uh, telling you to stop all this shit. Listen, we're going to take care of your little girl. Look at what it's done to everybody that we've done trials to. On top of that, you're going to be the new president. Like, that's a win-win if you're the vice president. Like, there is no loss there. You just have to get rid of a guy that you already probably don't disagree with because you're not on his Air Force One jet. You're at home on Thanksgiving. I mean, that's fair. I I don't know. I guess I, what I wanted most out of this movie was, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I like the movie, but it's just, I, eh, I'm having a hard time quantifying my feelings on this. 
understand. I understand. I just I love the hell out of it. I really do. I think uh, I I just personally love it. I think because like it kind of combines my love of that eighties action, eighties nineties action adventure Shane Black style movie that I'm so accustomed to, um, and just it does that also too to, while paying while completing like Tony Stark's character arc. Like, how are we going to go bigger than the Avengers? We can't. So we have to scale it back now, and we have to have we have to focus on Tony's story as an individual and where he was going from one until now. And I was okay with that. I really, I really enjoyed it. There are things that I'm nitpicky about, but I love this fucking movie just because like, it's okay. I do agree that it's not really a comic book movie, but I felt like it was the start of an evolution for something better for like the comic book movie in general as to how people can start breaking these conventions that they think that they had to hold. Like there's just so much I love about this movie to death. I just find it so fun. I feel like it doesn't drag. I love the hell out of this. See, I, I really think I I would have a lot less complaints about this movie. If it was the last hurrah Mm -hmm. for Tony, which is the way it's written. But yeah. no, we see him so many times after this three, three fucking movies where he takes the lead. Fair, fair. And so it's just like, yeah, yeah, I just I, I think, too, like my again, my love is just how grounded it is for being like the type of movie that it should, because instead of being a the next comic book movie, like how Thor the Dark World went and it went like delved into more of its psychology like this one was just like all right, we're going to focus on Tony. We're going to have it grounded and we're going to have it literally be a movie to where if we took Tony Stark out and we put somebody else in, this could still be a fun as hell movie. Because like using soldiers as bombs uh, that are like, it's an interesting premise. I love, I just love it. I think they'd have to do way more than just, they'd have to do way more if they took Tony out to make it a, a, a good movie. Because I think taking Tony and Iron Man out of it eliminates too much context for it to be enjoyable without doing some major tweaks to the concept as a whole. I I don't I don't believe that, but I could see where you're coming from for sure. Uh, anyway, sorry, this is probably our longest one. We got to cut it soon. Uh yeah, but that anyway, it's really weird to see how the Ten Rings have evolved from. Iron Man to Shang Chi, definitely. And I will say that in Shang in uh, Shang Chi, it is a lot better as to what they're doing. Do they make them an actual threat? Because they've always just seemed kind of like a joke. Um, I can't say anything because it would it would spoil shit. So mm. I will I will say that what they're doing is really fucking fantastic. Good to know. So I can't can't wait for you to see him. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? No, I just, I love it. And I'm going to be honest so far, uh, this is the best out of all we've seen. This is my number one so far. Wow. Yeah. That's how that much I a, love this. That is a controversial statement. That's for goddamn sure. That is how much I love this movie. I mean, everybody's got their own taste and I appreciate your take. I don't understand it, but I appreciate it. <laughs> when we I just I had a lot of fun and it 
like you love Captain America and it gets that you get that feel from everything. It's like oh, I, I completely understand that it just it, it strikes that right nerve of movies. I just loved growing up from like all the Lethal Weapon movies, which were also Shane Black. So I think that's why I really that might be one of the reasons that like leans into some sort of bias for this film. But like even overall, like if it wasn't a part of like the Marvel universe, I think I'd still like really enjoy this movie. That's fair. I do enjoy Shane Black. He's a, he's a fantastic writer and good director for sure. And you know, like I said too, I think my reasoning too is just how a how grounded it is, but b like how different it is from all of the other movies in the Marvel universe because it. Like I said, it goes straight up to just being a straight up action movie. I, you could see Tony, like you could see Robert Downey Jr. on the front of the like VHS case, like fucking Harrison Ford in Patriot Games and shit, just holding a gun to like the camera, like he's running for something. It's like it just hits that nerve for me, and I love it to death for that. Like these movies are up my alley so much that I could just throw on with like with like my uh, grandpa like way back when and just like we're gonna watch this today like you're gonna watch this guy be an action hero it's so perfect and it just has that with this with the comic book flair love it love it love it to death well i appreciate your take on it man um yeah also hit him with what's uh next on the list before oh, we yeah. go coming up next everybody we have got uh, Captain America Winter Soldier that uh, that actually might be my my other number one that's what I thought was going to be my number one at the very first thing of this list but we got Captain America Winter Soldier coming up next I think that one besides Infinity War is the one I enjoyed in the theaters the most Yeah, I don't know it's been so long since I've seen it I don't know where exactly it's going to fall on my list but I know it's probably going to be pretty fucking high up there for sure. I was having some burnout like you were with Marvel films and actually caught Winter Soldier when it went to like the discount theater, I think like six weeks after its original release. And I I was just like, you know what? There's nothing else to watch. Fuck it. And it just surprised the hell out of me and uh, really kind of got me back into like comic book movies. So that might be the next number one, but uh, we'll see. That one is the definition of not a comic book movie. That's just yeah. a fucking spy thriller, but we, that's that's for tomorrow. Thanks yep. for listening, folks, and we will see you next time. Later. Thank <laughs> you.